Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So, everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will be arriving in six hours and 50 50- What's going on, Seven Footers crew? It's your girl, Jenna, here, and Gerard over there. What's going on, my friend? What is happening? It is playoff fever are gripping the streets of Gotham, and Jenna, it ain't got nothing to do with the Brooklyn Nets. It is all about the New York Knicks in these Gotham streets. Can you believe it, Gerard? Can you believe it? The the pounding that I have taken from the public and yourself and everyone for years because I have been a Knicks fan and lo and behold, what are we talking about now? What are the streets of New York City rumbling about? It would be the New York Knicks because... As we know, they were on the hottest streak ever since 2012 when Mello uh, was back there in the day. But now the streak is gone. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that the New York Knicks have slowed down. Now the Phoenix Suns, guys, if you happen to catch that game on Monday night here, the Phoenix Suns knocked the winning streak. Chris Paul was hot as hell. And Devin Booker wasn't too bad himself with Kendall Jenner up in her own <laughs> private suite in Madison Square Garden. Shouts so, you know, D-Book had to show out for his girl. Couldn't come, couldn't come to the Mecca yeah, and get embarrassed. Nah. So we're going to say that that's the excuse as to why the Knicks truly lost. They let the Kardashian-Jenners have it, and that was it. That was it. But for real, the winning streak is snapped. Julius Randle is still absolutely incredible. He had an incredible game. If anything, the Knicks should be very proud after that game. It was hard fought, close for the most part, before the Suns took it out in the end. So truly, Gerard, after seeing them face one of the top teams in the West, how good are the Knicks? Jenna, the Knicks are for real, man. They are right now... The four seed what? in the Eastern. Yes, they are for real. They are a real competent team and franchise again, it looks like. Listen, shout out to... Oh, God. Uh, a couple years in- <laughs> Shout out to head of basketball operations, Leon Rose. Shout out to World Wide West special advisor. Shout out to Tom Thibodeau, Knicks head coach. Um, they are changing the culture right now inside of the Knicks organization. This team... They believe every game, no matter who is lined up opposite them, they believe they have a chance to win. And that's the biggest thing. And they're competing 
night in and night out. And we knew Tibbs would bring in that culture of accountability, right? He's he's coaching Randall to, dare I say it, Jenna, Julius Randall was likely going to be an all-NBA player this year. And you know how I feel about all-NBA. Like, all-NBA is top. Like, I mean, yes, all-star, whatever, I get it. Like, casual fans, that's what you guys know about. Like, all-NBA is the thing. And, you know, a little shameless plug for some of my other work I do. Uh, this week's True Hoop TV, TV video is all about a big decision the Knicks have to make coming up here very soon. But uh, Randall, Randall's playing well. R.J. Barrett has made a leap um, in year two. Mm-hmm. Look, man, this team is legit. And, you know, I, I think Knicks fans should be happy that they have a squad that is competent and they fight and they battle and, and they've got some talent. Now, in terms of the upper echelon in the league and are they ready to compete for a title? No. They, they are, there's still a huge talent gap between the top teams and the Knicks, right? The Knicks just don't have that top-end talent yet, but they have the culture and the infrastructure in place that perhaps could attract a top-tier talent one of these days or grow, you know, draft someone and, and, and raise them homegrown. Hey, I mean, at the half, they were leading by double digits. I mean, if it weren't for CP3 being the point guard dropping seven <laughs> with like two minutes left, consecutive three sinking them in the garden, the Knicks would have pulled it out for real. Shouts um, to the point and, you guard. Know, Booker had 33. Mm-hmm. So, hey, the point guard reigns supreme again on an important floor. Shouts to the point guard. And, you know, also think about this for the for the Suns. That's a hell of a comeback because that was the second night of a back-to-back. They played Brooklyn the mm-hmm. night, the afternoon before, right? Lost that game. They had coming off a two-game losing streak, lost to Boston before the Brooklyn game. So, you know, Phoenix wanted to not leave the East Coast trip on a sour note, losing, dropping their last three. So that was a nice pullout win. And again, you know, what can I say? That's the difference when you have a guy like the point guard than when you have Devin Booker, right? It's, you know, players like that who can elevate and say, okay, no, 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 it's winning time, regardless of it being second out of a back-to-back and that was well done well done by phoenix but again knicks fans be happy be happy for sure i mean last note on the knicks um check out fellow pod uh the Woj pod uh julius randall was on there this mm-hmm. week and he he really dove into the culture in new york and basically said that he had a meeting with them in november december and said hey we i'm not happy we're not winning and i'm just not happy. So we need to do something. And he calls him Uncle Wes, Wesley and Thibs. They really got behind him and basically, you know, formulated this culture that is inviting, that's supportive, that is just all around different than what we're used to hearing and seeing inside the Knicks locker room. So again, this team's got grit. They got fire. I hope it's just the beginning. And We'll see what they can cook up as we head into the end of the season. But we got to talk about another team that's surprisingly good um, because this is extremely unexpected. (laughs) I just wasn't ready for this. Um, The Wizards, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook leading the Wizards on a streak of their own, which also snapped last night or on Monday night uh, when the Knicks streak snapped as well. And I think it was like 20 minutes apart. It was very interesting, very weird inside the sports world. But Really, the underlying question here is, are the Knicks good? I mean, we have Russ dropping triple doubles like it's just casual walks in the park. And he just passed, uh, was it Wilt, for most triple doubles in a calendar month. And, I mean, 
Are the wizards good? Am I asking this? Are you going to trap me? Uh, I'm not going to trap you. Look, the wizards, so we talked about the Knicks just before, right? And I said that about the talent gap, right? So they, they compete, they play hard, but there's still a talent gap. Look, the wizards have not been a good team all year, right? They are still seven games under 500, despite being eight and two in their last 10. However, mm-hmm. they have essentially an all NBA backcourt with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Like anytime you have that kind of talent, you're going those guys are good enough to win games on their own, right? On certain nights. And, you know, Russ was dealing with an injury uh beginning of the year and Bradley was kind of carrying carrying the team on his own. And the and the the Wizards themselves, you know, losing Thomas Bryan, they they had they've had injuries to battle. Denny Abdia, they've battled some stuff this year. But you know, again, when you have players of the caliber of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, like, of course you can go on a streak and win a bunch of games. Because those two guys are so electric, they can, again, control a game by themselves. And if you got two of them cooking, forget it. Like, that's a, that's a tough matchup because how many other backcourts in the league can, you know, can keep up with that, can stop them? Who has, who has the firepower to be like, oh, if those two guys are hot, who can, we, who can we throw out that they can't stop, right? It's, and that's where you have these sort of situations where it's like, oh, you know, who's better than what? So, well, the Wizards good. I'm not going to say they're good. I'm going to say they have two players who, when they are playing well, like they're all NBA selves, they're a very difficult team to beat. And that elevates the quality of the team around them. So, but that hasn't been the case all season, right? Which is why they are where they are, 27 and 34. Hey, they're they're playing well. They're doing well. And I have to commend to um, Bradley Beal. His, his attitude's amazing all year. We didn't. We haven't seen one shred of unhappiness, doubt, anything. That's leadership, and honestly, it speaks volumes about his relationship with Russ too. So, I mean, Beal dropped 45 in that OT loss. Uh, couldn't force a second overtime with a missed three, but hey, uh, Wizards fought back. They did well. But Russ's comments after the game, talking about his accolade of passing Will on the triple double calendar record, he he was interesting. He was classic Russ. I mean, basically says, you know, this shit ain't easy and it ain't dropping triple doubles like rain. But he said that he believes there's no player like himself. If people want to take it for granted, sorry for them. Um, Pretty sure if everybody could do it, they would do it. And he just goes on to say he doesn't care what people think, classic Russ and things like that. But I mean, what are your thoughts on those? There's no player like Russ. You know, I think the Russell Westbrook conversation <clears throat> is so fascinating, and I encourage everybody to go and, and listen to those full comments. You know, he also said, you know, what's funny, when I'm doing it, it's not a big deal, but when Magic and Oscar and those guys were doing it, mm-hmm. like, it was something different. Now I'm doing it. It's, it's not. And, I, you know, look, I am someone who is critical of Russ, um, and that's because Russ isn't your run-of-the-mill, average, everyday NBA player, Right. Russ has been a multiple-time All-NBA player. He's been a league MVP, right? Like, he he has played on teams that have advanced to the finals early in his Oklahoma City days and the Western Conference Finals. So Russ is viewed through a lens that is different from your traditional NBA starter or even your run-of-the-mill few-time All-Star, right? Mm-hmm. He said it himself. There is no player in the league like me. And I agree with him uh, on, on that point in that Russ has a zero back down, zero quit in him and fights and fights and fights and goes a hundred, right? He said it in that same quote, I leave it all out on the floor. 
That is a factual statement, 1,000% true. And in that regard, Russ, there's certainly not a player like you in this league. But when you are in the upper echelon of the league, right, when you are, right, because when we're talking about nine-time All-NBA, I mean, there are only so many guys in the league playing right now who have been to nine or more All-NBA teams and who've been MVPs. That's a Mm -hmm. short list of people, right? You in the categories of your LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, right, Steph Curry, like, that's who Russ, in his mind, right, he's like, these are my peers, I'm equal to these guys. Well, okay, then we have to critique you like how we critique those guys, right? And so the idea of the triple-doubles, right? So when Russ averaged the first triple-double and he won the MVP that year, that was the first time someone had averaged a triple-double in the season since Oscar Robertson. Incredible feat. And the narrative, because we know the MVP is a narrative-based award, the narrative was, oh, look at Russ. Kevin Durant left, and now Russ is carrying that team and look at what he's doing, and they're just incredible when he's on the floor, when he's not, and he was electric that season, right? The team as a whole wasn't that good, right? I mean, what were they, a six seed, somewhere somewhere in that range, a six, seven seed. It wasn't good. Right? They're, they're not, they're, so, okay, but you got the MVP. I wouldn't have given it to him because the team didn't win enough, but okay, cool. He showed what happened in the playoffs. Didn't do, didn't do, didn't do so well. The next year. Okay, you average about a triple-double again, but the same thing's happening. The team is not getting better, right? They might have been even a little bit worse that year, right? And so the reason why people, and it's this idea of, okay, we've seen you do the triple-double thing, Russ, but it is not leading to the upper echelon and carrying and, and, and or sometimes carrying is the wrong word, and elevating a team to the top, right? The, look at the run that... Steph Curry's on right now. The Warriors, that roster around him, besides Draymond, atrocious. But he is dragging them. They're two and a half games out of the sixth spot right now, right? Like, and they're climbing, right? And and it's it's so it's that kind of thing. Steph shouldn't win the MVP for that. No way. That team's just they're not winning enough. But he's trying to elevate and bring that team up, right? I feel like Russ does those triple doubles and has those gaudy stats. But what do they ultimately do, right? The team is no better, right? You're still about a, you're still a middling, low, first running out, almost getting, not even almost getting swept, getting beat by the Portland Trailblazers, Dame, waving goodbye to you like, all right, man, peace. I mean, great. Knock yourself out with your triple doubles, but it's not producing wins. And ultimately, when you are comparing yourself to no one, there's no one like me in the league, and when you are that level of player, that's who we compare you to, right? That's just... That's how this game works. And so in that regard, you know, I, I just think that that's, that's where this is coming from. And, you know, look, great players like Russ, they need slights, right? Michael Jordan's the king of that, right? I took that personally. Everybody watched the whole, uh, you know, um, Last Dance documentary series. So Russ is the quintessential, I play with a chip on my shoulder guy. Cool. Whatever gets you to be playing, you got to play, knock yourself out. But let's not pretend, Russ, that there's all these like doubters everywhere. Because it ain't the media. You won MVP. So clearly, the media thinks what you're doing is good, right? You've been an MVP and you finished top five a few times. You've made the All-NBA team, an All-NBA team nine times. Media votes for that. Your top 12, top 15 in jersey sales. That's a fan thing. Oh, you make All-Star games. That's also fans. So your peers universally respect you. So who is this not respecting me thing? I don't, I don't know what it is he's talking about or what that is. Again... 
when you are at that elite level, we're going to nitpick because that's what you do when you're talking about elite people players you nitpick right okay so now when you're in the category of these top echelon guys this is how we're going to come at you now and say okay triple doubles are great but they're not leading to deep playoff runs etc etc i like that uh argument i like that breakdown it also makes me think of too why you don't see players like and i hate to name drop because everybody knows he's my favorite but like why you don't see players like lebron coming out with these kind of statements because he he knows since age of 18 and younger he's been picked apart he gets it well jenna see lebron has a different way that he puts his propaganda out we'll we'll, we'll get to him later (laughs) whatever per usual i try king i try Let's go. We got to move on. There's not, there's not even a segue for this because it, it doesn't even need a segue because if you caught this, whether it was live, replay, live, on loop, whatever, this is wild to me. I don't even know. I don't even want to. I don't even know how to describe it. Uncharacteristic by Kevin Love, to say the least, is a play that went terribly wrong, potentially on purpose due to his actions let's chat about it let's break it down here so in the Cavs loss to the Raptors this week uh it's the third quarter I believe Kevin Love is inbounding a pass he completely appears to lazily just slap it in to which it gets stolen the Raptors knock off a three it pushes and sets the stage for a nine point um advantage in the Raptors favor and then ultimately ends in a loss for the Cavs so the play was just Again, it, watch it. It was it appeared lazy. It appeared weird. It's just uncharacteristic by Kevin. Anyway, he did not play in the fourth quarter. He did not address the media after the game. And then coach came out and said that Kevin had apologized. The team had talked about it. They're going to move on. Okay. So Yahoo Sports comes out with a report that says that the team's going to handle it internally despite his apology. It's unclear if Kevin will be fine. And then they go as far as to say from sources that his his actions, which many thought he was fed up with the Cavs, had nothing to do with the Cavs. It had to do with a non-call by an official when Kevin was hit in the back on a play prior to the inbound. So a lot to unpack there, but apparently Kevin was pissed and made a shitty play and... He was pissed because of an on-call. Many thought it had to do with the Cavs, seeing as he is um, the only veteran left on a completely rebuilding team on a $120 million contract extension that has two years left that nobody probably wants to buy. So the floor is yours. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, watching that video was, was, was kind of funny. And, you know, look, we've seen players be upset about things in the past. Um, whether or not that was about the official or whatever, I'll, I'll take him at his word as, as what he says. Sure. This isn't the first time, however, in his Cavaliers tenure that this has happened, right? Last season, we had a similar instant incident season before a similar incident, right? Like, so, and you know, you mentioned being a veteran on a team that clearly is rebuilding and trying to figure out what they're doing. And clearly he's not happy with that situation. And look, my guy, like, I don't know what to tell you, but that's just the reality of the situation you're in, right? Like, you mentioned that two years left on that $120 million deal. People probably don't want it, right? Because of you're always injured, and we don't know what kind of value we're going to get for you at that kind of salary. So why bring that on? 
And he's probably frustrated looking at, man, I'd like another chance at maybe winning a ring, going to contender. But, you know, these kinds of things he's doing are not helping out his cause, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny how we talk about these things, right? Like, my God, like, we excoriated James Harden for, for doing, right, for doing what he did to get himself out of, out of Houston. I mean, yo, let's keep that same energy for Kevin Love, man. Like, okay, like... Call a spade a spade. If someone's dogging it or doing whatever, like, call it out the same, right? Don't just, you know, save it for people who you dislike. And, this, you know, this is what I'm speaking to our fellow brethren and, and, and women in media who, you know, mm-hmm. play their favorites and don't, you know, like to call out whomever. And it's like, look, call it out for what it is. That was an unprofessional act by him. It's not the first time that's happened in Cleveland that he's done something like that. And, you know, yeah, he can be frustrated. Anybody gets frustrated. We all know that. But, you know... The same way we kill other players for doing stuff like that when they're frustrated, it's fair to kill him as well. As far as, you know, the future for Kevin Love, like, to your point, I don't know where he goes, right? Because we've got two years and probably $80 million plus left on that deal. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know where, where that goes. Or maybe not, maybe not quite 80, maybe 60 plus. Um, but, you know, it, it's it, it's a lot. And, and I just don't know that what he's doing right now with his play and with his injury history that anybody is like, you know, clamoring to jump on the phone and be like, yeah, let me get that. You know, probably not. Yeah. He's got two years and about 60 million left. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure where that would fit. So again, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, when the Cavs play next and yeah, see, I mean, I, at this point they're playing out the string, right? They got like 12, 12, 13 games left to, to put yeah. this, their miserable season to an end. <laughs> Oof. That rebuild is, is something else. It's brutal, man. 21 and 40. Yeah. I mean, they are, it's just, yeah. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> Yikes. To think we were once, once <laughs> celebrating in the confetti. <laughs> Yeah, you once had LeBron anyway, James and Kyrie Irving. That's it. That is it. That is very true. Speaking of LeBron James, the perfect time to chat about him because, you know, I can't get enough. But again, the show run has been botched and Gerard says that it this topic is LeBron James and his Lakers propaganda season. I'm going to refute that. And... <laughs> We're, we're talking about this because there seems to be, of, of course, obvious mystery around the impending return of LeBron James after that high right ankle sprain he suffered in March uh, against the Hawks when Solomon Hill just bumped into his ankle. Damn it, Solomon Hill. Anyway, but um, again, there seems to be mystery around it, rightfully so. However, there's mixed, mixed signals going on here, Gerard, mm-hmm. because on social media... My King is posting beautifully filmed black and white videos on opponents' courts, running very well. The ankle looks great. He looks in tip-top shape and fine. But Woj says he could come back as early as this week or the next. And then Vogel, obviously coach of the Lakers, is maintaining his, it's going to be a few weeks, but, you know, it's looking good. So... What is going on with my king? It is not propaganda. He is excited about his return, which is why he had posted that 
video. And that is it. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to LeBron James propaganda season. We know it happens every single year. And I want to be clear about something, right? All players do this and, you know, LeBron is very adept at doing it that his sycophants like Jenna don't realize when he's actually doing it, right? Like the whole posting, the black and white video of him running up on the coming soon to a whatever near arena near you, hashtag James gang. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, what are we even talking about here? Like, this is just like, look, look, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that. So remember um, right after the Christmas or no, not Christmas, January. LeBron James said, I don't believe in rest. If I'm I'm gonna play da, 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 all this stuff, right? Because he doesn't believe in rest. Okay, sure. Now I'm not saying that this was not a legit high ankle sprain. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this rest, this time off has come at a very opportune time for LeBron James. And with the Lakers being able to sort of maintain and hover around that 500 keep their defense playing well. Anthony Davis is back. It's going to buy him even more time, okay? Look, it's it's like, you know, don't pay attention to what I say. Watch what I do, right? Like, he's saying all the things. Oh, we heard LeBron James. He said, rest doesn't matter. Okay, but this is the same LeBron James who, uh, on his first return stint to Cleveland, miraculously took two weeks off to go to uh, Miami for what? Um, hang out with Dwayne Wade? To, oh, I had to get my body right. Oh, something like rest to me, my guy. That's what that sounded like. And meanwhile, people in the media uh, like to come after your boy, Jenna, Kyrie Irving, for his PTO. He's doing the same thing. What's the problem? What is the problem? And again, it's about the messenger, right? LeBron James does it, and it's guised around, well, it's a high ankle sprain, or he had to go to Miami to do whatever. Oh, it's fine. Someone like Kyrie does it. Oh, no, it's what's that guy doing? Get your ass back on the court. He's going AWOL. He's crazy. Blah, 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 blah. It's just so funny, the propaganda and how it's spoon-fed to the masses and how people eat it and consume it. It's hilarious. And, of course, if you are invested in LeBron James and you're a LeBron James stan, with there are a lot of people out there who are like that, anything that, that paints him in a good light, you're going to believe that. Anything that paints him in a negative light, you're not going to believe it. Same thing if you're a Kyrie Irving fan, right? Anything that paints him positive, you're in. Doesn't, you're out. Like, and it's just so funny to me. Like, look, again, I'm not saying LeBron isn't didn't actually get hurt. Not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, hmm, been off for quite a while, LeBron, getting yourself a nice long rest here. Okay, Mr. I don't believe in rest. All right. Convenient that the lengthy time away happens to be tied into a an injury, which, again, I'm not saying he wasn't injured. You know, just leave it, leave it at that. Folks, propaganda season is upon us and it happens every year. Just pay attention. Just watch, see, see, see the wool being pulled directly over your eyes. And by the way, you know me, Jenna. I think they play way too many games as it is anyway. So I, I understand the need for rest. I'm a proponent of rest. My thing is like, LeBron, like just call it what it is. You don't gotta be like, oh, I'm this Iron Man tough guy. One time I sit down, it's cause I'm hurt. Otherwise, I'm out there playing. It's like, all right, dude, like, cool. Like, all right, if, that, if, that's, the, if that's the Superman, like, you know, cult and myth, mythos you want to build around yourself for your sycophants, I get it, cool. But, like, you ain't fooling me with that shit. Gerard. 
Space Jam 2 is coming out really soon. This is really good promo. Like, I don't understand why you are ruining it. Anyway, Lakers fan, I'm here for you to dry your tears after that monsoon of insults. No insults, just calling it. Listen, you know me, Jenna. I am pro player resting. Like, they play too many games and need rest. Just say what it is. Be like, nah, bro, I need two weeks off. Cool, I get it. There's way too many games to play. You shouldn't be... Especially coming off of what we talked about, right, Jenna? 72, mm-hmm. 72 days offseason. That's not enough time. You need rest. I would have been all... Remember what I said at the beginning of the season? LeBron, play Christmas Day because you got to show up for that because of the money on TV. Then after that, be like, nah, I'm good. I would have been cool with that. You did say that. And call me what that. it is, right? Okay, whatever. You got to rest. But okay. I will just add... Um, this statement has no affiliation to Jeannie Boston Lakers organization. But the our Lakers are trying to make sure this injury doesn't happen again. It was the first major one of his career. He's also, you know, 37 years old. We are just trying to preserve the king blood that we know is just ready, ready to unleash on the court. Man, Lakers what, what fans, you, what you, I got What do you LeBron Sinker fans going to do when he retires? Like, oh, my God. Like, don't even y- y'all, y- y- y'all gonna like be crying for days, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully he'll be in Los Angeles still, and there'll be a parade, and there'll be everything and <laughs> events, and it should have its own All Star weekend. Anyway, before oh, wow. I start to cry, <laughs> let's let's talk about some different quick hits here because there is some little tidbits around the league that we have to hit upon now because the Clippers have signed. My boy, DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins, for the rest of the season after his 10-day chance on his, that little tiny contract that Gerard didn't believe in. <laughs> I did. I did, Boogie. Uh, I did. Look, congrats, Boogie. Happy that you're going to be on this roster for, you know, the, the extension of a, of a season now. Again, the question is, how much of a role is Boogie going to play in the Clippers' success this postseason? And for me, the jury's still out on that, right? Like, yeah, he'll have his flashes like he's had so far uh, on, under a second 10-day that he got. And then now the, the, they signed him for the rest of the season. Yeah, there's flashes. But I think we we need to remember he is not the all-NBA big man that he once was. Like, that's, that's not who he is now. Um, but, you know, if he can give them minutes in the playoffs and they're plus minutes, kudos. I just don't know how many of those it'll be and what that'll look like. So that is my sort of, that's why I'm like not jumping out of my seat. Like, whoa, it's like, all right, well, we'll see. (laughs) Hey, hey, one day at a time here, Boogie. I am here for you, my friend. (laughs) Anyway, on to a better note, because Gerard's guy, Jaron Jackson Jr. (laughs) is finally back in a Grizzlies uniform, Mm -hmm. active and ready to go, although Mm -hmm. he's taking some rest for more recovery at the moment. (laughs) But what did you think of his return, Gerard? That is your guy. Yep. Triple J's my guy. Um, Look, he he looked good in that first game against the Clippers, came off the bench, uh, was active. He had four blocks in that game, was quite spry. And then like um, two nights later, 23 points. Again, the the Grizzlies are being smart with him. They're bringing him off the bench and not starting him and making him play 40 minutes right away. It's like this is he along with John Morant. That's the future cornerstones of your franchise. So the team has been winning Without him, by the way, shouts to the Grizzlies holding on to that eight seed or like right in, in, in that neighborhood, like without, you know, 
arguably their second best depending on he could be their first best player right like so that's that's awesome uh for them the way that they're, they're, they're handling things right now so they're already used to playing without him so they're, they're 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 okay with that but now that he's back this is this is helpful and they're gonna slowly try to ramp him up so that as they get towards the play-in that they are prepared and then hopefully i really want to see memphis win the play-in and actually get into the playoffs not because and they're gonna win around they're gonna get their ass kicked but i think as a young team that wants to be good is one of the future teams of this league. You have to go through that experience, right? Getting in the playoffs, getting dump trucked by a top seed and you learn and you're like, Oh, this playoff basketball real different. Yeah, it is. Right. And they come back and they get better and they grow and all that. So shouts to my guy, triple J for coming back and shout to the Grizzlies for, you know, playing, playing good basketball this season. Yeah, you gotta love it. Grizzlies, the Grizzlies stay low key, low key grinding. Yeah, man. So, well, you know, it's it's the grindhouse, right? They are, they are. I mean, look, man, they they can catch Portland. I mean, Portland, that's a whole. They're a disaster. I don't know what's happening in Portland right now. Um, but yeah, they they they're they're playing well, man. They can they can sneak themselves up to that. They can, they can even get to the six seed. They're two they're two games behind the Mavs for the six seed. Mm-hmm. And with Jaron Jackson back, hey, like, you never know. You never know. That's the thing on our last note mm-hmm. about playoff seating. That is the thing, what is so good about the NBA. And I'm not saying this because I'm biased, nothing. The NBA is, in my opinion, the best league just because things can change like that. Literally, the playoffs are literally two weeks away and we're still obviously deciding seating. The West is so deep, it's out of control. The East, not even that it's so deep, but that it's just contending. Mm -hmm. Players Mm -hmm. and teams are just Mm -hmm. rising out of the ashes. The Knicks, the Wizards, like Mm -hmm. we talked about. Mm -hmm. So let's chat really quick before we wrap things up about playoff seating and how close it truly is and really the teeter-totter of drama that is going on as we play the last what 10 11 10 11 12 12 games yeah it's it's, yeah Yeah. we you know but most teams have between 10 and 13 games left right we're about three weeks left Mm -hmm. in the season look as you said jetta the the races are so bunched up but what it is is there's sort of tiers of teams and they've separated themselves from other tiers right but so the competition is within the tiers so in the west right the top three teams utah phoenix and the clippers they've kind of pulled themselves a bit away from that next group of teams. Between Utah, Phoenix, and the Clippers, only two games separate them. So Utah, Utah, while they have clinched a playoff spot, they haven't locked up the number one seed yet. Right. Phoenix or the Clippers could catch them. And listen, Denver's four games back. Now, with losing Jamal Murray and with losing more, I mean, that's going to be tough for them. But it's it's close there. Now on that next bunching, you got Denver, the Lakers, and the Mavericks. Those teams are separated by six games. So the Mavericks probably aren't going to catch Denver at four because they're six games back. But, and the Lakers are four games back at Denver. So that's probably going to hold there. But if you're Denver, you like crap. First round, we got the Lakers, a potentially healthy Lakers, and we're down Jamal Murray and Barton. That's not great for us, right? It's a little rough there. If you're Utah, it's like, oh man, we we might get the Lakers in round two. We don't want them in round. It's, 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 so, it's so fascinating. And then on the play-in side, you got Portland, Grizzlies, Spurs, Warriors. Those teams are separated by a game and a half, Jenna. A game and a half. Like, so they can so they can jockey there for who plays mm-hmm. when, what, and who advances where. It's it's bananas. 
Eastern Conference, same thing. Those top three teams have pulled themselves away from the middle of the pack, right? Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee. Brooklyn's in the Mm -hmm. first place. Philly's behind by one game. Milwaukee's behind by three and a half. Brooklyn and and Milwaukee have a two-game series coming up. That might be important. If Brooklyn beats them twice or once, that may all but effectively bury Milwaukee from catching them for the one seed, right? And then it's about, will Milwaukee get the two or the three? Either way, it doesn't matter because if you're the two or the three in the East, you're going to have to beat both the one seed likely and the other seed to get out, right? So it's going to be a tough road. In the middle, we talked about the Knicks. They're at four, seven and a half. The Hawks are tied with them. They're also seven and a half games back. And you have Boston right there at, at, at nine, right? And it's only a game and a half that separates them. That could go anywhere. Boston gets on a run. They get hot with Tatum and Brown. They overtake the Knicks. Who knows, right? It's crazy. And then down at the bottom, Miami, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And again, the Wizards have been crap, whatever. We talked about that. Imagine you're the one seed. You're Brooklyn or you're Philly. The Wizards go on a run on that playing. That's your eight seed matchup, the Washington Wizards. I mean, you'll probably beat them, but that's still more difficult than you want it to be because you've got that all NBA backcourt of Russ and Bradley Beal coming at you. They're going to give you a problem. Right? And it's like, as an eight, as a one seed, you'd like to have an easier first round matchup, right? Than have to deal with those two. So this whole thing is interesting and it's coming down to the wire. These last three weeks are crucial. And it's about time for players to get healthy, get their bodies right, teams to get themselves, you know, on the on the right path. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shall see. This is going to be an exciting, exciting uh, finish to the regular season. Playoffs should be great. And as it does every year, but this year more particularly, Jenna, because with the COVID health and safety protocols, health luck is going to be so, so critical. Imagine like somebody gets locked up in the health and safety protocols in the playoffs. You're quarantined for seven to 10 days. Like, that's a series. You're done. Like, right. And, and if you're a, a player of consequence, that could be your team losing because you're not there. Like, exactly. And I, I hope that the NBA is thinking about this as well in this time. And, you know, again, you cannot restrict players against their own freedom, but. I hope that they're they're taking more cost, precaution and things like of that nature because again like you just said could you imagine missing a series completely healthy but you're just stuck in protocol and you have to sit there it's so hard to sit on the sideline having injury let alone sitting out for no I don't want to say nothing but you're not let's, sick, let's say let's say you're in cuz of contact tracing right like right. and you and again you have to be quarantined so you're like away from the team you're you're mm-hmm. back at home like in your wherever you are, you know, that's crazy. So that's also incumbent on players. Uh, we do remember last year, uh, shout out to Daniel House of the Houston Rockets who tried to sneak somebody into the bubble. Yo, guys, this is the playoffs. And teams that have the right structure and leadership, they're talking to their guys. And they're like, look, man, this ain't the time to be playing around, meeting up, with other, you know, meeting up with other people. No, 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 no. Especially if you're a top team and you're trying to contend, this isn't playtime. We're trying to win something here. Everybody got to be on their P's and Q's doing what they got to do. Exactly. You always preach that health is and luck are major factors. Huge. But again, this this series in particular, it matters the most, if not, you know, up there being the most. But as the playoffs get closer, you guys know we're going to be with you every step of the way. Gerard and I are going to chit chat, see how we're going to cover everything, break it down, get you guys set up and Stick with us, guys, because it is getting down to the wire and it is getting good.
It certainly Tell them where is. they can find us, Gerard. Folks, you know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We are um, on social media, at Simplers Pod on Twitter, at Simplers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. Three and a half weeks before the playoffs start, people. Hey, which means, you know, we got to get our rest, too, and get ourselves ready for the onslaught and the gauntlet that is the NBA playoffs. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we made come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap what some man gon' do Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback Bring